This Onside Rewind, it's brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. Take advantage of the customer appreciation sales event going on right now at Craig Zins, Acura Pembroke Pines, the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. A lot to get to. A lot of little things, right? A lot lot of little news happening inside the world of WWE, AEW. Chris Jericho, <laughs> coming back to the WWE Network. I'm going to dive into that in the second segment. Don't forget, call to be a part of the show, 888-441-4623. Text us at 844 the text line right here on me, or jump into the comments, the chat on YouTube or on uh, Twitch or on the podcast, Podbean, I'm sorry, Podbean, where we are live. I want to talk about first, though. Something happened this Monday. And I, I hope there's going to be a payoff to this. That, that's my hope. That it's a, it's a little bit of a swerve coming from the WWE. I'm, I'm hoping. They, they broke up the Hurt Business, okay? We saw uh, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander get taken out by Bobby Lashley. The man the match, Lashley and Shelton Benjamin had a great match, of course. They take them out, and then also on at the same time, should have had this up already, but now I'm bringing it up right now, is that you know this idea was, I guess, brought about at Raw, and MVP and Bobby Lashley, this is being reported by Fightful, that they were they were a little bit against it. They went and tried to talk to Vince McMahon, tried to talk him out of it, and uh, Vince was having none of it. So, my question goes to this: Right now, the best thing on Raw, to me, my opinion, is the Hurt Business. They have formed a faction. I thought, if booked correctly, you have Cedric. And Shelton, both great workers in the ring, and both can talk on the mic. Bobby Lashley, a monster inside the ring. Okay on the mic. MVP, the mouthpiece of the group, right? Maybe another piece. Whether it be a woman's wrestler or, or more pieces. Or another, maybe two more pieces. Maybe a woman's wrestler and another I don't know a monster because Bobby Lashley would be the monster of the group, but at the same time, he's also he's the Ric Flair of the, this group, if you look at it from the horseman perspective. You have Arn and only being Cedric and Shelton. Shelton and Cedric, both workers, both can go in there and perform. Not that Bobby Lashley can't, he can as well. And then of course you got the great MVP leading the group. So it got me to wondering, if Vince was so set on this being taken away, excuse me as I open up my handy-dandy notebook here, was the Hurt Business originally Vince's idea? Or was it something that kind of got thrown together and you had four great performers and great individuals and great people and said, hey, 
we need to make this work. And collectively, they did make it work. And I want to go over a few things. When I started looking at this list, okay, I went over a list and I said, okay, Vince McMahon, his ideas that, that, that weren't originally, when I say this, they weren't the WWE's baby. They didn't mold it. They didn't shape it. And, and so I thought of first thing, of course, came to mind. It's WCW. That was short-lived, right? They brought in, again, not everything falls on Vince McMahon or on the WWE. It's a little difficult to bring in the talent that they were bringing in besides, you know, you had your Booker T's and, and things like that, but a lot of the top echelon of talent were still under contract. So when he purchased WCW, he didn't have that top-tier talent necessarily to bring over, minus your Booker T's and, and a few others. But again, it, it wasn't when it, even when they did, and we go even go to ECW, okay, the invasion angle or the program that WWE put together it wasn't built to last. If you're gonna bring ECW back, it's got to be dirty and grimy. It can't be your WWE version of ECW and expect it to get the fan support. And I think deep down, Vince knew that. Again, remember, Vince said, I bought my competition. If, I believe, if he thought it could still be financially successful, it wouldn't have been announced that WWE or Vince McMahon purchased it. It probably would have been like some silent, he would have been a silent partner in it, and they would have kept it running somehow. They would have had to find a network, of course, because TNT at that time, and TBS, and everybody didn't want anything to do with wrestling anymore. But sometimes I, I think ego gets a bigger part of this. I go, I even go further looking at wrestlers. Okay, when you get into WWE, most of the time there's name changes, right? Let's look at one that did the name change on the indie circuit: the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. In WWE, he became their product by being Daniel Bryan. Now give it, Daniel Bryan had to work his ass off to get the push. And then once Vince saw money in him, it was off to the races. But he also allowed WWE the name change. Brian Danielson to Daniel Bryan. So now it became WWE's product. CM Punk. He didn't change his name. Wasn't changing his name. And he got, I'll say he got ran off or however you want to look at it. They didn't bend over for, for CM Punk. I think there was a lot of money left in that. But he wouldn't bend over. He wouldn't, not bend over, he wouldn't bend. <laughs> Use the wrong wording there, huh? Abel, a great producer too. Sorry, Abel. Did not, thank you for being here this morning. 
We didn't bend over backwards is what I was going to say. To help out or to maneuver CM Punk's thinking. Creatively, right? It's like, hey, this is what you get. You like it or not. CM Punk said, eh, not so fast, buddy. I'm out of here. And I honestly think Vince McMahon probably thought, okay, he'll be back in a year or so. Not coming back, Vince. We'll see if something else happens. I want to look at a couple other things. The NWO. They come back to WWE, right? Not Vince's creation, right? Not Vince's intellectual product. Well, I guess it is now since he bought WCW. But not his original idea. What does he do? The first chance at WrestleMania... Let's flip Hollywood Hogan back over to what WWE made or helped make. Hulk Hogan. The yellow and the red. They got that Hulk Hogan back. And you've seen Hollywood Hogan every once in a while. You do got the NWO, I believe, going into the Hall of Fame uh, this year. I want to look at a couple of mid-card guys. I don't like the word mid-card, but they were not EC3, right? Was originally in WW Developmental. Didn't get much. Went over to TNA, made a name for himself as EC3. Came back to WWE. How'd that go? Eric Young. Bobby Roode. You guys kind of changed his name to Robert, right? AJ Styles has been one of the more successful ones. And again, all these guys have talent. When I'm talking about WWE making them like Hulk Hogan and things like that, yes, the performers had a lot, 85% to do with that, okay? I'm not saying that the money wasn't there, but Vince McMahon and WWE got behind those guys, not as Hollywood Hogan, but as Hulk Hogan, Okay. AJ Styles is the one that's out here begging for matches with legends at WrestleMania. So he can get on the card. He's in a tag team title match with almost against the New Day. I just, I don't feel that AJ Styles should be in a tag team title match at a WrestleMania. The phenomenal one deserves more. This is where I'm getting to with Vince. If you're not WWE's creation, meaning you didn't change your name and become Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. How's that working out? John Moxley went to Dean Ambrose. Worked out well for him until he got tired of it, right? But if you come in under your names... Where do you go? Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, doing good in NXT. Will they do so good if they made it up towards SmackDown and Raw? I'm not saying main roster because to me, NXT is a main roster. How would they get booked if they made it up to the top? of Raw and SmackDown. Would they be booked at the top of, the, of, of that roster? 
Drew McIntyre. Let's look back at some of these the guys that have left and come back. Drew McIntyre, right? He was there. Kind of fizzled out a little bit, left for a little bit, came back. Now look at the push. John Morrison left, came back. Edge. Christian came back. Now he's back over and he left and went to AEW. To me, if Vince, you're not his creation. You're not getting that booking behind you. You're not getting that WWE machine behind you to get the push you need to be successful. And if you do, it'll probably come to an end pretty quickly if it's not Vince McMahon's idea, i.e. the Hurt Business, which I'm hoping is a swerve, by the way. I'll stay to that. Every day at Onside Radio, our hosts sit down at the roundtable to tackle the most important local or national sports headlines. The Roundtable's podcast is daily. Search Onside Radio on all platforms. Subscribe, rate, and review. Listen to all the different different shows on the station. OnsideRadio.com is the home for South Florida sports. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Digest. To text the show, 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Don't forget you can be a part of the show reaching out. Give us a call at 888-441-4623. Text at 844 844- 416-8123, about 10 minutes. We'll have Jakari Givens joining us to talk a little bit WrestleMania. Again, only a week away now from night one at WrestleMania. April 10th is night one. April 11th has become a big day, not only because of night two, but apparently Chris Jericho, he joined uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin on the Stone Cold Podcast, and that will be dropping April 11th. The Forbidden Door. <laughs> Been kicked down. I don't. This is what I'll say on this. Maybe the door has been unlocked. One lock. One lock has been turned. There's still like four or five locks on this door. Remember, let's 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 not jump so quick and be like, oh my goodness. Chris Jericho, AEW superstar on a WWE program. Stone Cold Podcast is recorded in Hollywood, California at Stone Cold's Ranch, okay? Chris Jericho has not stepped foot on anything WWE. Especially anything property owned by WWE. They record him at his Stone Cold Ranch. So, again... What questions were asked? Again, April 11th. Smart on WWE's part. And I do love the way they uh, released it with the Y2J countdown. And then it just spares out Jericho and Stone Cold looking at each other. And then they just look into the camera. Leaves a lot of questions, right? Everybody's going to tune in. Smart business. And then uh, Stone Cold did say kind of how this came together. 
And this is from Stone Cold. He said, I was having a beer one night after my Broken Skull session interview with The Undertaker aired, and out of the blue, Chris Jericho reached out and said, man, that was a great interview. I sent him back a couple of emojis, one of a beer mug, and the other of an eagle. And then he called me right then and there. So Jericho reached out to Stone Cold, and he said, we got the talking. And Stone Cold said, I'd love to have you on the show. In which he said, I'd love to do it. So he checked with Vince McMahon. And then Austin uh, informed Vince McMahon of the idea. And then uh, he said, uh, Vince gave him the thumbs up. And everybody knows uh, Stone Cold's relationship with Vince McMahon on texting and, and everything else there. So he said, I texted Vince and he said, and said, we have this badass idea about Jericho coming on the show. Vince goes, it's cool. Go ahead. And then here's where he goes into the vent. But me and Vince don't always do well with phones and texts and all that. So I texted him one more time. Are you sure it's okay to have Chris Jericho on the show? Vince once again gave him the thumbs up. And Chris came out to do the show. And by the way, Chris Jericho did have Tony Khan's permission. Listen, it, this is smart on WWE's part. I know uh, Triple H got some questions on on the uh, his call yesterday, his conference call, or the day before, and he kind of just said, "Hey, you know, we're 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 open for business." Listen, take it for what it is, people. When have you seen WWE work with any other companies? And if they do, what what's the win for WWE? AEW schedules itself and markets itself as being an alternative to the WWE programming you, you're watching, right? Being something different. WWE on Raw and on SmackDown, those individual nights have more people watching those shows than people tuning into both NXT and AEW Dynamite. Not taking anything away from those shows. Wednesdays, there's there's other things going on. I understand that. Whereas Monday's the beginning of the week and Friday the end of the week, yeah, maybe you're in. And also they're on Fox and USA. The SmackDown, of course, on Fox. Everybody gets Fox TV wherever you're at, okay? I understand that. But here's the thing. What is WWE's win in, in setting up and doing anything with AEW? What, those are the fans that have already left WWE to go to AEW because AEW offers something different. If they want those eyes back on the product, WWE would have to change and market toward those eyes and do what w, what AEW is doing differently than what they're doing now. Vince is not doing that. I get it. Chris Jericho on the WWE Network, on Peacock. Never stepped foot on a property 
owned by WWE to do this interview. I am very intrigued. I will be tuning in, and I'm sure a whole host of people will, to see what they talk about. Well, they get into the AEW stuff. Remember, Chris Jericho is a smart businessman. I can't see him doing anything to necessarily burn bridges. Will he say, take little shots here and there? Yeah, you've seen that, right? You see him take shots, but at the same time, he'll give you a bad, and then right behind it, he'll be like, oh, but that one time Vince McMahon did this for me. So anytime he does do something, say something bad about Vince, he ends up covering it up. Smart, smart businessman. Why are you going to burn bridges? Just doesn't make sense. And, and I'm glad and I'm, I'm happy everybody's pumped up about this. But just pump the brakes a little bit on this forbidden door being kicked down. Think of your, your, your home locks, okay? I don't know how it is at your house, but at my house I've got 500 locks on the door. So right now I've undone two. Still got 498 locks to go. But hey, we're open to all business, right? We'll see how this plays out, and and hopefully people are not uh, too upset when everything goes down. And, And again, I don't know what the expectations are on this interview. I know there are two great legends in this interview, and I, for one, will be listening to it. Speaking of legends, Akari Given's going to join us after this break, but Onside Radio understands gaming is a big part of the sports landscape. That's why every day we keep you updated with some of the latest gaming news with Onside Radio's E-Minute, hosted by Toast, Kai, and Michael Christian. If you missed it, it's podcasted daily. Search Onside Radio on all platforms. Subscribe, rate, and review OnsideRadio.com, the station gamers call home. Listen to OnsideRadio.com anywhere by downloading the MyTuner Radio app in your app store. Or go to MyTunerRadio.com on your web browser. OnSideRadio.com. The Squared Circle Digest. To text the show, 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Back high atop. Enter Miami CF Stadium. We are joined now by Jakari Givens. We're going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania. Jakari, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. What about you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. I'm going to talk about wrestling for this last hour, so everything's been doing very well. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. It's a big week ahead. Um, we got a week full of wrestling. It seems like uh, NXT WrestleMania. I'm kind of excited to... Um, but I'm most excited for the fans. The fans hey, Jakari. Jakari, it sounds like you're in a wind tunnel. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Can okay. you hear me? I can hear you now. A minute ago, you were either moving or or it was a wind tunnel. Yes. I'm good now. So, yeah. So it's just, I'm excited for the week full of rest. 
Okay. All right. So let me tell you, ask you now, what about your favorite WrestleMania moment? What's your favorite WrestleMania moment? Oh, it's, it's Seth Rollins cashing in. Uh, it was kind of an in-tone, like, whatever, because we didn't want to see Brock versus uh, uh, Brock versus Reigns at the time. And just to see that cash-in moment, like, and see him do the spin with the title on top of the ramp, like, that was probably that. And obviously, and CM Punk versus Undertaker, that was one of my favorite matches in the last couple of years, just seeing the matches and, like, seeing how that played out and how CM Punk used the Paul Bearer, Jeff, as something. And it, it, it's just an amazing build to that story. Yeah, I know. That was going to be my next one. What was your favorite WrestleMania build as far as that goes? Because for me, it was the yes movement as far as a build for something. But also, if you go all the way back to WrestleMania three, Andre Hogan, I thought was a great build as well. Uh, my favorite build? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would say John Cena and The Rock just because it was like two yeah. years in the making. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm probably going to have to go with the yes movement as well just because what they put him through, the whole thing, that was beautiful. Like, you know, the whole he can he's too small, he's not an A-list player. Um, he got to beat five people just to get the match. So that was one of my favorite builds as well. And just to see how people got behind Daniel Bryan was just an amazing thing as well. Yeah, especially, you know, uh, with that whole the, the yes movement, the way that thing took off. Now, I know you're looking forward to Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, and I'll give you time to talk about that in a little bit. But besides that match, this two-night WrestleMania, what match are you looking forward to? Ooh, well, uh, I would I would say Reigns, Brian, and Edge. Um, just because the the work Reigns has been putting in the last couple of months has been just amazing. So I want to see that. And plus, the the adding Daniel Bryan to the mix kind of like made it like, well, damn. Like I really don't know who's gonna win because now you can take the title off Reigns without him having to take the pin. So that's probably that's one. And far as NXT, Adam Cole and um. Uh, Adam Cole and O'Reilly. Yeah, no, no, that one's got my that my check too. I thought one thing I thought that was maybe a mess up on WWE's part was the fact that they since they added Brian, I almost believe that Roman Reigns is dropping the title. Yes, and yeah. that's the thing. As soon as they added him, it was like okay, they put Brian in the match and take the pin because they don't want either Edge well, or Reigns to take the pin. Well, that was going to be my my thing was though is that maybe they put him in there for Edge to take the pin possibly because Edge has been doing a lot of heelish stuff. Yes. Like curious to see because I I saw Edge set up either. Hey, Jakari, I'm losing you again, man. Hey, um, can you call us back? Can you try to call us back and uh, and, and get a better connection if you can? Yes, that's fine. Give me one. Let me, let me do that right now. Okay, man. All right, we'll get you back on as soon as you call back in, okay? All right. All right, we'll continue this talk also, but I wanted to look at uh, some of the things that he was talking about there. The Adam Cole-Kyle O'Reilly match, uh, really looking forward to that on the NXT side of things. But I, I do think that WWE, and again, maybe this is WWE's way of telling us that the unexpected, right? Because maybe Roman Reigns does walk out the champion. But to me, when you put Daniel Bryan in there with Edge, you have now said, we don't want Roman Reigns getting pinned. 
but we'd like to get a new uh, champion on board. So we'll see how that that goes and that happens, and uh, hopefully we'll get Jakari back on here in a moment uh, with a little bit better of connection. Uh, I know how he feels about Bianca Belair and, and Sasha Banks, so I'm going to let him discuss that once we get him back on here. Looking at some of the WrestleMania builds up over time, when you when you look back, remember, WrestleMania four was, uh, what was it, a 10 or 20 superstar uh, tournament to determine a new WWE heavyweight champion. At that time, Hogan and Andre were first-round buys, and they advanced into a second round, which then both got uh, disqualified, double disqualification, moved, and Ted DiBiase moved on. And DiBiase and Savage was actually the finals. Savage wins it. That's when the Savage-Hogan uh, mega powers kind of started. Moving on to WrestleMania Five, the Mega Powers collided. It was almost a year-long story, which you did discuss with Hogan and Rock as well. That was a year build. It was the night after WrestleMania. Rock came out, challenged Cena, and I don't think we saw Rock again, except for I think maybe it was a SummerSlam or the Survivor Series. He came back, I think, and had to team up with. John Cena, and that was against Miz and R-Truth, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then they fought at WrestleMania here in Miami, which surprised me, and I saw The Rock win. A year later, redid it, and Cena won the rematch. That's how you do business. You get the title. Cena did the honors for Rock in his hometown. Rock repaid the favors a year later. But also that card here, WrestleMania 28. At that time, it was Joe Robbie Stadium. Or was it Pro Player Stadium? I can't remember. But that was also the end of the era. That was the Undertaker, Triple H, Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels as the referee. And that match exceeded all expectations. I, I went into it going, okay, they're in the cage. It's a hell in a cell. They'll just beat each other up. They beat each other up. But the ending, when Shawn Michaels kicked, super kicked the Undertaker right into the pedigree from Triple H, they didn't get the three count. The cell Shawn Michaels did on that count that near fall hooked everybody in that stadium i was so happy to be there also that was the same time daniel bryan took the 18 second loss to sheamus oh there's so much that happened on that card so much amazing stuff and again wrestlemania's have been in as soon as we, hopefully we'll get your back on but if not uh, i'll reach out to him and we'll talk to try to get him on again later one thing that's been talked about in this wrestlemania that a lot of people forgot about it and and i really didn't make a big deal about it until recently was they're gonna have a crowd at this wrestlemania and wwe is kind of tinkering with an idea that they're not going to do a pre-match before night one because they want that first match of wrestlemania in front of a crowd to mean something 
And to me, that is going to be a very impressive thing. And I think we might have Jakari back on. Yes. Oh, perfect, Jakari. We got you, man. Hey, I wanted to talk. I was talking about this because uh, WWE now is tinkering with the idea of not doing a pre-match before night one because they want the first match in front of fans to mean something. So I want to. This can be a twofold question because. It's going to involve a match that I know you're, you have already talked to me about that you're very well looking forward to. If they yeah. do that on night one, I think what's going to happen is this. You're going to get Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre opening night one, the show, and I believe you're going to end up getting Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair closing the night or vice versa because they're putting so much meaning on this first match in front of a live audience again. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, I don't really want to see no pre-show matches anyway. Um, if we was at a full capacity there, yes. But it's, it's no need for it. And we want that first match to mean so much. And it's going to mean a lot to us as well. Think about it. Like, we haven't seen fans, like, in the arena in, what, five, six months? <laughs> so it's going to be a lot. And, I, and it's going to be so much explosion and how good that match is going to be. Vice versa, whoever it is, Lashley or McIntyre versus McIntyre, Sasha and Bianca, those matches are going to be explosive, and I expect great matches. I expect great matches all around just because the performers are going to be excited to be back in front of fans. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like it was kind of a way for WWE to kind of get out of that whole uh, – they kind of paint themselves in a corner about who was going to be the main event for night one. With the, yeah. the Lashley and McIntyre and Banks Belair, and a lot of people wanted Banks and Belair to get that spot. I think they were leaning toward Lashley. Now it seems they made this first match mean almost like a main event spot, just to kind of get out of that. Yeah, and I think that I really, it's just I'm excited, man, and it's like I can't put it into words, um, because the, the the fans make the show. So now that the fans are back, um. It's just going to be an amazing feeling for me, man. It's going to be just to see those guys, to, to see the women and men of the WWE get to get the, uh, the fans back. Uh, you're going to see just – I think you're going to see more off-the-wall changes. You know what I mean? I think we're going to see a lot of more surprises than we have in, in the past at WrestleMania. Yeah, I definitely think with, with the way this is set up – and I'm, I'm wondering, though, because – 25,000 people in a 75,000-seat stadium normally would look pretty uh, bad on TV. But then when you add the the field now as well, they usually put another, I think, 10, 15,000 seats down there. How do you think they're going to be able to make this stadium look? At, I mean, the field's going to be there because of people in the crowd. But TV-wise, how do you think they can make it look good? Well, I think they're going to do what everybody else has been doing, the car but caught up, and also they're going to pipe in noise as well. So I, I just think it's going to be sort of like the the Thunderdome, but it's just going to be fans included in, in, instead. Yeah, and I'm hoping, again, like you said, I think we're going to see some surprises. Um, is, is their second show on Peacock? And I want to get your thoughts on this. April 11th also now, we've, we found out Chris Jericho will be on the Stone Cold Podcast. What are you making of that? 
Um, Jericho just has a lot of respect for WWE in general, so it's not it's not surprising. Um, he's just you know he he has a lot of respect for Vince McMahon and. He's just at AEW because they gave him, you know, obviously the money. He probably has curator control. He probably has investment in AEW. But I don't take nothing out of I think it's just, you know, Vince McMahon loves Jericho. He's probably one of the greatest performers you've ever seen because he's tired in a sense. Whatever gimmick you give him, he puts it over. So yeah. it's just the respect level for him. So it's not that I don't I don't buy much into it. Okay, good. I was I was hoping you weren't going to be like the forbidden door's been kicked down and AEW and WWE no. will be teaming up and all this stuff. Um, no, 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 no. No, I know. I saw that all day yesterday on my timeline. I, I almost wanted to just grab it and just be like, I deleted some people <laughs> just because I was like, you're not, you don't you don't get it. Uh, last question, Jakari, before I I let you out of here. Um, your thought of the build for this WrestleMania, and then how mad are you that they broke up the hurt business? I'm not that mad because I think Lashley, because I, I think we've seen that too much. I think we had the whole undisputed era dripping in gold. You had, like, it, it was too much of repetitiveness. So I'm not upset about it. And I also think they could have gave Bobby Lashley, uh, like, hot, like, more of a, a stable, if you get what I mean. Like, actually, good, 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 good people to be around. Like, Cedric Alexander and you know, was not the guy for him and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, man, I'll disagree. I'll, I'll agree to disagree with you, Jakari. I want to thank you for your time on here, man. I appreciate it. We'll get you on after WrestleMania and let's discuss the results. Oh, yeah, definitely. Monday, I, Monday I'm available. I, I mean, next Monday I'll be available, so I can't wait. <laughs> Good deal, my man. That is Jakari Givens. You can check him out at KingJock24 on Twitter. Jakari, thank you so much, my man. And like that... He is gone. We'd like to thank a shade above window fashions in Davie, 954-434-4774 for this beautiful pink and black shade. A shade above teamed up with Bandalux to personalize and create the on-side radio shade in the beautiful pink and black colors. To order protection with a style for your home or office, like we did, call a shade above window fashions. 954-434-4774 or go to the website website. Let me say that again. Go to the website, a shade above Florida.com. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. She's kind of a big deal. Some people 623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Bringing you back in the Squared Circle Digest here on Onside Radio. It is now time for the crosstalk, and I get to talk with David Dwork from Chirping the Cats Radio. David, injuries are mounting, but the Panthers are still winning. It's they a good are. thing, right? Well, injuries are never a good thing, but the fact that they're able to overcome these injuries and still able to pull out a four-game winning streak, matching a season high, it's good. And injuries are hopefully starting to, to go away. We don't know yet. We'll find out within the next hour probably. Uh, but Barkov and Hornquist should both be back in the lineup tonight. Um, yeah, I saw you saw the, said they were on the ice. I think it was Thursday. Thursday yeah, yeah, right yeah then they, they, stayed, they stayed late to get in some extra work, and I watched them, and they both looked fine, normal, no limitations. Didn't appear to me that they were trying to favor anything. And uh, I know Barkov's already on the ice this morning. Hornquist probably as well. Um, and, yeah, that'll be a, a welcomed, welcomed <laughs> return. Yeah, it will be. 
I mean, when you're a team like the Panthers, they're they're a team that prides themselves on their their ability to possess the puck and hang on to the puck, and nobody does it more or better than Barkov. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's going to throw a wrench into things when you take them out of the lineup, and we saw the struggles they had against Chicago. Yeah, the first Barkov, two games after Barkov was yeah. out, and then they kind of put it together now here. They started figuring it out slowly but surely, and now they're back to, you know, obviously not at the high level that you could be with a Barkov in your lineup, but they're still, as we said, figuring out ways to win. Now, uh, Duclair, how long will he be out? Uh, Q said 10 days. Um, yeah. but Is that a normal injury, like, for hockey? I mean, I don't I mean, know how the... It's hard to say because, I mean, it looks like he jammed his shoulder in some yeah. way. You, you don't know if there's structural damage. You don't know mm-hmm. how, how sore it might be or if he did anything to his muscle, perhaps. It, they're so vague in hockey that we really don't know, but Q has said several times now about 10 days, about 10 days. So Now, does their injuries thing go kind of like the day-to-day, seven-day if you're on the— It can. Okay. It, like, the IR is, if you put somebody on IR, on IR, they have to be out at least seven days. Okay. So Duclair okay. was put on IR, Hornquest was put on IR, but Hornquest was eligible to come off IR yesterday or, yesterday or today. Either way, he's good to go for tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duclair, I guess he would have gone on Tuesday— or Wednesday, mm-hmm. so he's going to be out probably until next weekend, at least. All right, and Aaron Eckblad, I'm sure you're probably going to talk maybe about it later, but uh, what, 12 weeks, I just, watching it, again, I only saw it from a far angle and on, on video, it, it looked like a lot worse than 12 yeah. weeks, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. What, what, what was the 12 weeks, why did they say? Well, when you see that happen, and, like, you know, your first thought is, oh, God, he just tore up his knee, he's yeah. going to be out for six to eight months. And that's where your head goes. Yeah, no, 100%. So when, obviously, breaking a bone, it sucks, it's gruesome, it's painful, which absolutely makes sense to how he looked on the ice. Mm-hmm. But 12 weeks is a hell of a lot better than, you know, half a year. Yeah. The fact that he could potentially, if Florida has a good enough run, it's there, 12 weeks, that's mid-June. The Stanley Cup final goes till the, the second week of July. So he could possibly come mm-hmm. back for a playoff run. As opposed to thinking he might not even be here for the start of next season. I took that news as amazingly good. No, I took it as amazingly good. I just didn't understand how 12 weeks with a lower body injury. Like, what? It was that clean of a break, I guess? They, or? They're not going to give you any details. They said he, this is what the Panthers said. He <laughs> fractured a lower extremity. That's all you got. That, that's all they have to, <laughs> they are so vague yeah. in hockey with injuries. And they don't have – that's as – I mean, they can be as vague as they want to be. Oh, yeah. Belichick would love to be a hockey coach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so what do you got coming up on today's show? Uh, Well, we're going to dive into – we got the Columbus Blue Jackets in town for back-to-back games this weekend. So I'm going to talk to uh, the beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch, Aaron – uh, Brian Hedger, about the series. And then I'm also going to talk to Aaron Portsline, who covers the Blue Jackets for The Athletic. I want to talk to him about some of the former Blue Jackets on the Panthers, like Bobrovsky, Nutravara, Alex Wenberg, and Bill Zito, and kind of get his take on how they've done to this point, because he knows them pretty well. Mm-hmm. We've obviously got uh, injury stuff to talk about, goal, the goalie switcheroo that's been going on lately, a winning streak. I, I have so much stuff to talk about, I don't know how I'm going to get it all on the show. <laughs> yeah, you only got an hour, by the way. I, I know. I, <laughs> I'll be talking like the Micro Machine Man. Yeah. He is David Dwork. It is Chirping the Cats Radio. It's coming your way here. I want to thank everybody that tuned in to Squared Circle Digest today. And I'll talk to you next Saturday morning, same time, same channel, onsideradio.com. EF. The Squared Circle Digest. To text the show, 844 416 8123. 
That's 844-416-8123. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Back high atop Inter-Miami CF Stadium. We are joined now by Jakari Givens. And we're going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania. Jakari, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. What about you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. I'm going to talk about wrestling for this last hour, so everything's been doing very well. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. It's a big week ahead. Um, we got a week full of wrestling. It seems like uh, NXT Hey, Jakari. Jakari, it sounds like you're in a wind tunnel. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Can okay. you hear me? I can hear you now. A minute ago, you were either moving or, or it was a wind tunnel. Yes. I'm good now. So, yeah. So, it's just, I'm excited for the week for the rest yeah, yeah, of Okay. All right. So let me tell you, ask you now, what about your favorite WrestleMania moment? What's your favorite WrestleMania moment? Oh, it's, it's Seth Rollins cashing in. Uh, it was kind of an imp tone, like whatever, because we didn't want to see Brock versus uh, uh, Brock versus Reigns at the time. And just to see that cash in moment, like, and see him do the spin with the title on top of the ramp, like, that was probably that. And obviously, and CM Punk versus Undertaker. That was one of my favorite matches in the last couple of years, just seeing the matches and, like, seeing how that played out and how CM Punk used the Paul Bearer death as something. And it's just an amazing build to that story. Yeah, I know. That was going to be my next one. What was your favorite WrestleMania build as far as that goes? Because for me, it was the yes movement as far as a build for something. But also, if you go all the way back to WrestleMania three. Andre Hogan, I thought was a great build as well. Uh, my favorite build? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would say John Cena and The Rock just because it was like two yeah. years in the making. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm probably going to have to go with, with the yes movement as well. Just because what they put him through, the whole thing, that was beautiful. Like, you know, the whole, he can't, he's too small, he's not an A-list player. Um, he got to beat five people just to get the match. So that was one of my favorite builds as well. And just to see how people got behind Daniel Bryan was just an amazing thing as well. Yeah, especially, you know, uh, with that whole the, the yes movement, the way that thing took off. Now, I know you're looking forward to Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, and I'll give you time to talk about that in a little bit. But besides that match, this two-night WrestleMania, what match are you looking forward to? Well, uh, I would I would say Reigns, Brian, and Edge. Um, just because the the work Reigns has been putting in the last couple of months has been just amazing. So I want to see that. And plus, the the adding Daniel Bryan to the mix kind of like made it like, well, damn. Like I really don't know who's gonna win because now you can take the title off Reigns without him having to take the pin. So that's probably that's one. And far as NXT, Adam Cole and um, uh, Adam Cole and O'Reilly. Yeah, no, no, that one's got my that my check too. I thought one thing I thought that was maybe a mess up on WWE's part was the fact that they since they added Brian, I almost believe that Roman Reigns is dropping the title. 
Yes, and that's the thing. As soon as they added him, it was like, okay, they put Brian in the match to take the pin because they don't want either Edge well, or Reigns to take the pin. Well, that was going to be my my thing was, though, is that maybe they put him in there for Edge to take the pin possibly because Edge has been doing a lot of heelish stuff. Yes. Like, curious to see because I thought Edge would up either. Hey Jakari, I'm losing you again, man. Hey, um, can you call us back? Can you try to call us back and uh and, and get a better connection if you can? Yes, that's fine. Give me one let me, let me do that right now. Okay, man. All right, we'll get you back on as soon as you call back in, okay? All right. All right, and we'll continue this talk also, but I wanted to look at uh some of the things that he was talking about there. The Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly match. Uh really looking forward to that on the NXT side of things. But I, I do think that WWE, and again, maybe this is WWE's way of telling us that the unexpected, right? Because maybe Roman Reigns does walk out the champion. But to me, when you put Daniel Bryan in there with Edge, you have now said, we don't want Roman Reigns getting pinned, but we'd like to get a new uh, champion on board. So we'll see how that that goes and that happens. And uh, hopefully we'll get Jakari back on here in a moment uh, with a little bit better of connection. Uh, I know how he feels about Bianca Belair and, and Sasha Banks. So I'm going to let him discuss that once we get him back on here. Look at some of the WrestleMania builds up over time. When you when you look back, remember, WrestleMania four was uh what was it a ten or twenty superstar uh, tournament to determine a new WWE heavyweight champion. At that time, Hogan and Andre were first round buys, and they advanced into a second round, which then both got uh, disqualified, double disqualification, and moved and Ted DiBiase moved on, and DiBiase and Savage was actually the finals. Savage wins it. That's when the Savage Hogan uh, mega powers kind of started. Moving on to WrestleMania five, the mega powers collided. It was almost a year long story, which he did discuss with Hogan and Rock as well. That was a year build. It was the night after WrestleMania. Rock came out, challenged Cena, and I don't think we saw Rock again. Except for I think maybe it was a SummerSlam or the Survivor Series. He came back, I think, and had to team up with John Cena. And that was against Miz and R-Truth, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then they fought at WrestleMania here in Miami, which surprised me. And I saw The Rock win. A year later, redid it, and Cena won the rematch. That's how you do business. You get the title. Cena did the honors for Rock in his hometown. Rock repaid the favors a year later. But also that card here, WrestleMania 28. At that time, it was Joe Robbie Stadium. Or was it Pro Player Stadium? I can't remember. But that was also the end of the era. That was the Undertaker, Triple H, Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels as the referee. And that match exceeded all expectations. I, I went into it going, okay, they're in the cage. It's a hell in a cell. They'll just beat each other up. They beat each other up. But the ending, when Shawn Michaels kicked 
Super kicked The Undertaker right into the pedigree from Triple H. They didn't get the three count. The sell Shawn Michaels did on that count, that near fall, hooked everybody in that stadium. I was so happy to be there. Also, that was the same time Daniel Bryan took the 18-second loss to Sheamus. Oh, there's so much that happened on that card. So much amazing stuff. And again, WrestleManias have been in as soon as we, hopefully we'll get Jakari back on. But if not, uh, I'll reach out to him and we'll talk to talk, try to get him on again later. One thing that's been talked about in this WrestleMania that a lot of people forgot about it, and, and I really didn't make a big deal about it until recently was they're going to have a crowd at this WrestleMania. And WWE is kind of tinkering with an idea that they're not going to do a pre-match before night one because they want that first match of WrestleMania in front of a crowd to mean something. And to me, that is going to be a very impressive thing, and I think we might have Jakari back on. Yes. Perfect, Jakari. We got you, man. Hey, I wanted to talk. I was talking about this because uh, WWE now is tinkering with the idea of not doing a pre-match before night one because they want the first match in front of fans to mean something. So I want to. This is going to be a twofold question because it's going to involve a match that I know you're you have already talked to me about that you're very well looking forward to. If they yeah. do that on night one, I think what's going to happen is this: you're going to get. Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre opening night one, the show. And I believe you're going to end up getting Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair closing the night or vice versa because they're putting so much meaning on this first match in front of a live audience again. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, I don't really want to see no pre-show matches anyway. Um, if we was at a full capacity there, yes. But it's, it's no need for it. And we want that first match to mean so much. And it's going to mean a lot to us as well. Think about it. Like, we haven't seen fans, like, in the arena in, what, five, six months? <laughs> so it's going to be a lot. In our, and it's going to be so much explosion and how good that match is going to be. Vice versa, whoever it is, Lashley or McIntyre versus McIntyre, Sasha and Bianca. Those matches are going to be explosive. And I expect great matches. I expect great matches all around just because the performers are going to be excited to be back in front of fans. Yeah, and and I I feel like it was kind of a way for WWE to kind of get out of that whole uh, they kind of paint themselves in a corner about who was going to be the main event for night one with the the Lashley and McIntyre and Banks Belair and a lot of people wanted Banks and Belair to get that spot I think they were leaning toward Lashley. Now it seems they made this first match mean almost like a main event spot just to kind of get out of that. Yeah, and I think that I really – it's just I'm excited, man. And it's like I can't put it into words because um, the, the, the fans make the show. So now that the fans are back, um, it's just going to be an amazing feeling for me, man. It's going to be just – to see those guys, to to see the women and men of the WWE get to get the uh, the fans back, uh, you're gonna see just. I, I think we're gonna see more off the wall changes. You know what I mean? I think we're gonna see a lot of more surprises 
than we have in, in the past at WrestleMania. Yeah, I definitely think with with the way this is set up, and I'm I'm wondering though because twenty five thousand people in a seventy five thousand seat stadium normally would look pretty uh, bad on TV, but then when you add the the field now as well, they usually put another, I think, 15,000 seats down there. How do you think they're going to be able to make this stadium look? At, I mean, the field's going to be there because people in the crowd. But TV-wise, well, how do you think they can make it look good? Well, I think they're going to do what everybody else has been doing, the car but caught up, and also they're going to pipe in noise as well. So I, I just think it's going to be – Sort of like the the Thunderdome, but it's just going to be fans included in, in, instead. Yeah, and I'm hoping, again, like you said, I think we're going to see some surprises. Um, it is their second show on Peacock. And I want to get your thoughts on this. April 11th also now, we've, we found out Chris Jericho will be on the Stone Cold Podcast. What are you making of that? Um, Jericho just has a lot of respect for WWE in general, so it's not it's not surprising. Um, he's just, you know, he, he has a lot of respect for Vince McMahon. And he's just at AEW because they gave him, you know, obviously the money. He probably has curative control. He probably has investment in AEW. But I don't take nothing out of I think it's just, you know, Vince McMahon loves Jericho. He's probably one of the greatest performers you've ever seen because he's tired in a sense. Whatever gimmick you give him, he puts it over. So yeah. it's just the respect level for him. So it's not that I don't I don't buy much into it. Okay, good. I was I was hoping you weren't going to be like the forbidden door's been kicked down and AEW and WWE no. will be teaming up and all this stuff. Um, no, 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 no. No, I know. I saw that all day yesterday on my timeline. I almost wanted to just grab it and just be like, I deleted some people <laughs> just because I was like, you're not, you don't you don't get it. Uh, last question, Jakari, before I, I let you out of here. Um, your thought of the build for this WrestleMania, and then how mad are you that they broke up the Hurt Business? Uh, I'm not that mad because I think Lashley, because I, I think we've seen that too much. I think we had the whole undisputed era dripping in gold. You had, like, it, it was too much of repetitiveness. So I'm not upset about it. And I also think they could have gave Bobby Lashley. Uh, like hot, like more of a, a stable, if you get what I mean. Like actually, good, 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 good people to be around. Like Cedric Alexander, and, you know, was not the guy for him and Shelton Benjamin. Oh man, I'll disagree. I'll, I'll agree to disagree with you, Jakari. I want to thank you for your time on here, man. I appreciate it. We'll get you on after WrestleMania and let's discuss the results. Oh yeah, definitely Monday. I, Monday, I'm available. I, I mean, next Monday I'll be available, so I can't wait. <laughs> Good deal, my man. That is Jakari Givens. You can check him out at KingJock24 on Twitter. Jakari, thank you so much, my man. And like that, he is gone. We'd like to thank a shade above window fashions in Davie, 954-434-4774 for this beautiful pink and black shade. A shade above teamed up with Bandalux to personalize and create the on-side radio shade in the beautiful pink and black colors. To order protection with a style for your home or office, like we did, call us Shade Above Window Fashions, 954-434-4774. Go to the website. Let me say that again. Go to the website, ashadeaboveflorida.com. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms.
Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. She's kind of a big deal. Some people. 623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Bringing you back in the Squared Circle Digest here on Onside Radio. It is now time for the crosstalk, and I get to talk with David Dwork from Chirping the Cats Radio. David, injuries are mounting, but the Panthers are still winning. It's a they good are. thing, right? Well, injuries are never a good thing, but the fact that they're able to overcome these injuries and still able to pull out a four-game winning streak, matching a season high, it's good. And injuries are hopefully starting to, to go away. That We don't know yet. We'll find out within the next hour probably, uh, but Barkov and Hornquist should both be back in the lineup tonight. Um, yeah, I saw you saw they said they were on the ice. I think it was – Thursday, yeah, yeah, right, yeah right, then right. they they stayed they stayed late to get into extra work, and I watched them, and they both looked for fine, normal, no limitations. Didn't appear to me that they were trying to favor anything, and uh, I know Barkov's already on the ice this morning. Hornquist probably as well, um, and yeah, that'll be a, a welcomed welcomed <laughs> return. Yeah, it will be. I mean, when you're a team like the Panthers, they're they're a team that prides themselves on their their ability to possess the puck and hang on to the puck. And nobody does it more or better than Barkov. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's going to throw a wrench into things when you take them out of the lineup. And we saw the struggles they had against Chicago. Yeah, the first Barkov, two games after Barkov was yeah. out, and then they kind of put it together now. They here. started figuring it out slowly but surely, and now they're back to, you know, obviously not at the high level that you could be with a Barkov in your lineup, but they're still, as we said, figuring out ways to win. Now, uh, how long will he be out? Uh, Q said 10 days. Um yeah. But is that a normal injury, like, for hockey? I mean, I don't I mean, know how the... It's hard to say because, I mean, it looks like he jammed his shoulder in some yeah. way. You, you don't know if there's structural damage. You don't know mm-hmm. how, how sore it might be or if he did anything to his muscle, perhaps. It, they're so vague in hockey that we really don't know. But Q has said several times now, about 10 days, about 10 days. So Now, does their injuries thing go kind of like the day-to-day, seven-day, if you're on the... It can. Okay. It, like, the IR is if you put somebody on IR, on IR, they have to be out at least seven days. Okay. So Duclair mm-hmm. was put on IR, Hornquest was put on IR, but Hornquest was eligible to come off IR yesterday or yesterday or today. Either way, he's good to go for tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duclair, I guess he would have gone on Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. so he's going to be out probably until next weekend at least. All right, and Aaron Eckblad, I'm sure you're probably going to talk maybe about it later, but uh, what? 12 weeks I just watching it again I only saw it from a far angle and on on video it, it looked like a lot worse than 12 yeah. weeks I guess is what I'm trying to get at what, what what was the 12 weeks why did they say well when you see that happen and like you know your first thought is oh god he just tore up his knee he's yeah. gonna be out for six to eight months and that's where your head goes yeah no the 100%. so when Obviously, breaking a bone, it sucks, it's gruesome, it's painful, which absolutely makes sense to how he looked on the ice. Mm-hmm. But 12 weeks is a hell of a lot better than, you know, half a year. Yeah. The fact that he could potentially, if Florida has a good enough run, it's there, 12 weeks, that's mid-June. The Stanley Cup final goes till the, the second week of July. So he could possibly come back for a playoff run, as opposed <laughs> to thinking he might not even be here for the start of next season. I took that news as amazingly good. No, I take it as amazingly good. I just didn't understand how t- twelve weeks with a lower body injury, like what it was that clean of a break. I guess they're, or they're not going to give you any details. They said he. This is what the Panther said. He <laughs> fractured a lower extremity. That's all you got. That that's all they have to. <laughs> they are so vague yeah. in hockey with injuries. 
And they don't have that's as I mean they can be as vague as they oh, want yeah, to be. Oh yeah, Belichick right? would love to be a hockey coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what do you got coming up on today's show? Uh, well, we're gonna dive into we got the Columbus Blue Jackets in town for back-to-back games this weekend. So I'm gonna talk to uh, the beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch, Aaron. Uh, Brian Hedger about the series and then I'm also going to talk to Aaron Portsline who covers the Blue Jackets for the Athletic I want to talk to him about some of the former Blue Jackets on the Panthers like Bobrovsky Nutravara, Alex Wenberg and Bill Zito and kind of get his take on how they've done to this point because he knows them pretty well mm-hmm. we've obviously got uh, injury stuff to talk about goal the goalie switcheroo that's been going on lately a winning streak I, I have so much stuff to talk about I don't know how I'm going to get it all on the show <laughs> yeah you only got an hour by the way I, I know I, <laughs> I'll be talking like the Micro Machine Man. He is David Dwork. It is Chirping the Cats Radio. It's coming your way here. I want to thank everybody that tuned in to Squared Circle Digest today. And I'll talk to you next Saturday morning, same time, same channel, OnSideRadio.com. EF. Big lane went out.